Welcome to Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go Beyond the Numbers to find out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Now, on this episode, we're going to be discussing a trend that we've seen quite a bit of recently, and that's businesses relocating to Texas. So we're going to be giving you all of the critical information for making that move. And joining me on the show today, we have David Jackson. He's the partner uh, for state and local tax services at Weaver. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. Absolutely thrilled to have you. And we also have Jason Avila. He is the partner in charge for technology services at Weaver. Jason, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, guys, just to kick things off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves and your background in working with businesses looking to relocate. Sure. I'll I'll go first. Uh, I've been working in the state and local tax area for uh, many years. I I won't claim how long, but, uh, you know, all aspects of a company's uh, the impact of state taxes on a company's operations and, you know, from start to finish and with moves. And so I've, I've helped companies understand that impact as they try to move their business either partly or wholly uh, to a different state, including Texas. And as you mentioned, moving to Texas is large, you know, big opportunity now. And so we've, we've done a lot of work in that area uh, over the last couple of months. Yeah. From my perspective, um, you know, I was born and raised in Southern California um, and practiced there for about 14 years. After that, moved over to Texas and I'm in, located in the Austin area. So um, it's a question that's come up a lot um, from both sides of the fences. You know, one, when, you know, being in California, I had a lot of my clients within California that asked this question. Um, relocating myself here to Texas, it's a continued question that I get quite often is, you know, what is the impact? What does that look like um, to move to Texas? And as I currently stand, I mean, I'd say a good third of my book of business and the clients that I work with are still located in the California market. So it's an interesting um, question that comes up and uh, and happy to help. Well, like both of you guys mentioned, this is something that we've seen uh, quite a bit of uh, over the last few years. And and even in the last year, Chief Executive Magazine named Texas the best state for business based on their annual survey of CEOs. So what motivations do companies have to relocate to Texas? And really what's driving this, uh, let's call it a modern day gold rush uh, to the Lone Star State? It does look like a modern day gold rush. I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, if you look around um, in the Austin area, I was just up in Dallas yesterday. I mean, there's continually improvement. There's buildings going up all all over the place. You know, I, I constantly hear the word that the uh, the state bird the the, uh, the bird of the state now is the crane, right? You know, because it's cranes <laughs> all over the place. Um, but you know, if you look at what gets a lot of PR, it's definitely taxes, right? You need taxes is probably a first and foremost that you hear all the time. Um, the second thing that comes up a lot is cost of living. But when you look past those two things, there's several other factors. I mean, it has a good you know labor force here in, in the Texas um, uh, area. I mean, in different areas, if you talk about Dallas, Houston, Austin, I mean, really strong labor forces. So that's an important thing as you're looking to move your business over, you're going to have the people and the resources that you need. Um, the infrastructure is a big thing too. You know, there's a lot of space here to to build, and you know we've seen that a lot with companies like Tesla coming openly um, and them building their facility and being able to acquire a piece of land that's that significant and, and honestly that close to the downtown area. And so that's an important thing as well. 
I think the other thing you see is, you know, decreased regulation here in Texas. And and if I do a comparison to the time I spent in California, it's just easier for businesses to do things here. Um, And again, whether that's, you know, manufacturing, uh, whether it's, you know, putting a facility up, um, it's just an easier thing. And I think, you know, kind of going back to that infrastructure, too, it's a good port destination. And so you can move your product, you know, you know, from the inners of Texas, you know, to the coast if you if you need it. Um, it's a good location from, you know, logistics as well. I mean, you can still get product from to and from California relatively easy to and from the East Coast as well, relatively easy. So those are just some factors there. I would say from, you know, all of those uh, you mentioned are so true. And, you know, we experience that every day. And But tax is what is most quantifiable in a lot of situations. And it's easy to say, you know, I live in state X that has a tax rate. And if I move to Texas individually, I have zero tax rate. And so that gets a lot of attention. Um, and so that drives a lot of the initial conversations. And then once a company looks at uh, the other things that Jason mentioned, it's, you know, it's a very compelling story on why, why wouldn't you want to move here? Those are some excellent, uh, excellent explanations just as far as what some of the factors are. And, you know, as you mentioned, income tax is a big driver of corporate relocation. So what tax implications should businesses consider when contemplating their move? Yeah. You, you know, the biggest thing I have to uh, caution clients on as they're looking to move is, as I said, you know, if, if you look at the individual income tax side, it, we have no individual income tax. And so a lot of times uh, single owners of a company think, well, if I just move to Texas, I will pay no in- income tax. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And so we have to help both the owners of the business and the business themselves of, of what the true tax income tax implications are from, you know, these days, most companies are not a single state operator. They, they're multi-state, oftentimes every state, uh, multinational. And so you're going to still pay tax um, just because you moved to Texas does not mean you're going to escape state tax. And so we have to help them understand their current tax footprint and how that might change if they move part or all of their business here. Uh, and from the individual standpoint, um, just understanding that as well. And so that's the area where we start with a company of helping them better understand by just moving your corporate headquarters here. You still might have a, a warehouse in California or Illinois or whatever state you want to mention. And so you're still still going to have a taxable presence there. And so what does that mean? Are you still paying the same amount of tax or less? Oftentimes it's less, obviously. And so just helping companies understand that aspect of it gives them a better idea of, of why Texas might be the right place for them. Yeah, I'd agree, David. I think, you know, it's important just to model this out. Like you said, I mean, you know, we see companies moving from different aspects. Is it an expansion where we're going to keep our current location, whether that's, you know, in California, you know, East Coast, whatever, wherever that may be, or are we, are we completely moving the company? Um, and so modeling out things like, you know, the income tax impacts of that, you know, property taxes becomes important to um, looking at the Texas franchise tax as well and understanding, you know, how that's going to impact and, and being able to get that true, you know, cost. And then there's also things you look at in the future is, you know, it, you know, where am I in my business life cycle? Um, and what are my future plans? And am I looking at potential exit in, you know, hypothetical five to 10 years? And what is that going to look like from an exit perspective? And what is my tax impact uh, to that exit? Jason, it's funny you said franchise tax. I have many times over the last year, few years 
companies who don't have are not doing a lot of business in Texas, they may say, well, Texas doesn't have a corporate income tax. Well, we do have a franchise tax. We just call it, you know, it, it is an income based tax. Um, it's, it's a little bit different calculation than other states and compared to federal, but it is still a tax on a lot of the business income and the margin of a company. And so having to get people over the hump that, nope, as a corporate entity, you do have a income-based tax here in Texas that you have to consider. It's, and so that getting them over that hump also is, is key, key to start this whole process. Definitely agree. I, I've had multiple clients that go through and they're like, wait, I thought there was no tax. And But when you compare it to where they relocated from, to be honest, it, it is not as generally significant as, as you know, uh, an income-based tax. So, you know, if we, if we take, you know, the business and, and understand that it's made up of people, right? Owners, employees, when a business moves, all of those people make the transition as well. So what should be top of mind when it comes to individual tax considerations as well? I would say two things. One, if you're the owner of the business, uh, as we talked about earlier, and you're taxed a lot, oftentimes if you're a single owner, uh, it's it's good to be kind of a flow through taxing um, from a federal standpoint, whether it be a partnership or an LLC or an S corp. And so, uh, if, if you're taxed that way, you still may be taxed uh, in your original home state and many other states as a non-resident because your business is still operating there. As I mentioned earlier, you're still going to be taxed in a lot of different states. And so you can't just say, well, I'm taxed on 100% of my income personally uh, today. And if I move to Texas, I will be taxed on 0% of my income. You still will be taxed on your business income to the extent you're doing business in a particular state. And so just helping companies under or individual owners understand that is really key. The other piece, both from an, from an owner and an employee standpoint, in the year of the move, there's a lot of unique tax calculations you have to consider. Uh, we call it being a park resident and moving from a resident of a state to a non-resident, which gives you different tax treatment. And that we'll, we'll talk about maybe later. Just that's a very controversial item these days of states not wanting you to leave too quickly and wanting you to be a resident as long as possible because it's a better tax answer for that state. And so helping helping individuals understand what they need to do to establish residency in Texas as soon as possible is key to making the move from a tax standpoint as efficient as possible. Yeah, Tyler, I think I'd add to that is, you know, the question I get over and over again is, and I'll give you the answer first, is you know, what, is, what does it take to move to California or move to Texas? Sorry. And uh, and really, the answer is you have to move. Right. And I get I've probably answered 100 questions of all these different scenarios of the different ways I'm going to buy a property in a different location in you know, Texas and yet not move. And the bottom line is, you know, the individual has to move. And, you know, you can't kind of keep your home in your home state right now buy another house or an apartment or a condo here in, in Texas and travel back and forth and, you know, have your kids, you know, stay in this current school that they're in. Again, I've been asked this question so many times. I mean, that's the really, you know, the, the factor that most people have to understand. You have to pick up your, you know, your life for the most part and move to, the, you know, Texas if that's where you want to relocate to. That's a great point and some good, uh, I think, personal perspective as well. So um, tax incentives offered by the state and local economic development councils are often part of the headline when companies move their operations, right? So how do you go about reviewing the potential tax savings when evaluating the incentive offers? 
Great question, and, and it is a large factor in the, the process overall. Uh, and I, I always uh, counsel clients to start with what I said earlier of what is the impact of the move first without taking into consideration those incentives to know how has my tax position changed. From that, then you can better analyze what a state or local jurisdiction in Texas here, uh, it really starts at the local jurisdictional level. Um, cities and counties are the ones that kind of start that process. Property tax is a big uh, incentive that is used here um, to help companies relocate. And so just understanding what does that mean to you? So if you're not a capital intensive business, but the biggest incentive a jurisdiction may offer you is a property tax abatement, that may not be very helpful to you. Or if you have a credit, uh, an income tax credit that you might get for job creation and you're going to be have taxable losses for a number of years, then that's not going to be as useful as well. So helping companies understand what's what's my true impact and what can I do to help alleviate that impact versus just what kind of I'll call it the canned incentive packages that you might read about a lot. The second piece would be there's a lot of non-tax incentives as well, whether it be, you know, uh, assistance with infrastructure around a potential piece of land that you're wanting to develop, uh, things like that. So there's things beyond just pure tax incentives that uh, the jurisdictions can offer as well. And so just helping understand the full package and compare against other incentive packages that you may have received uh, from other jurisdictions as well. Yeah, I was going to add to that. I mean, it doesn't always have to be the Tesla size companies as well. I mean, that's what we read about a lot. And you know, here in Austin, I, you know, it comes up a lot in like the, you know, the business journal, you'll see, you know, the bigger size companies getting all the PR. But, you know, we've had, David and I have had multiple conversations with different, you know, um, you know, municipalities here. And the thing is, the truth is that this is available to all types of businesses. And I think that's important to understand. And I think it's also important to have those discussions before you start the move, because what we see happens, you know, sometimes too, is companies will move forward um, and start that relocation process, you know, get a facility here, put some people out here. And then that negotiation or discussion is a little bit harder to have and harder to get those incentives versus having those discussions up front with the municipalities and then moving forward with the move. David, do you have any uh, context you'd like to add on to, to what Jason just said, just about those big companies? And, you know, do you have to be a Tesla size company or something like that to get these tax incentives? Yeah, I, I would just say a lot of, as Jason mentioned, a lot of companies smaller than Tesla, and we'll just use them as an example since they've been in the news recently, are surprised to learn that, uh, you know, incentives are available to them as well. The, the, the state and the local jurisdictions, they, they want job creation and they want capital investment. And if, you, if you're going to be able to do that, uh, they are willing to discuss with you how they can help make sure you want to come to their municipality um, to create those jobs. Um, mm. So that's, you know, it, they don't always get the press um, that they don't get picked up at national news outlets or the larger news media, maybe. Uh, but they're there and companies are surprised to learn that. Yeah, and I think the thing to add on to that is the governments understand, too, that that becomes part of the ecosystem, you know, from a business perspective. You know, just having Tesla here in Austin is one thing, but they understand that there's going to need to be businesses surrounding and supporting Tesla in their manufacturing process. And so that comes along with it. And they want to you know, make sure that that whole um, plan succeeds. 
So there's been some talk of states trying to hold on to companies and their business owners, right? Like a, a desire to keep the revenues of those organizations and individuals from leaving. So what measures are you seeing in that regard? Are you seeing states, you know, take steps to try to keep businesses and individuals from leaving their state? Yeah, I would say there's, you know, I boil this down to the old, you know, carrot and the stick. Um, and, you know, so I'll use California again as an example. You know, you've seen the carrot for some years. They've had a program out there for, I want to say it's it's been about 10 years going called California Competes. And what that did was incentivize companies to invest in the state and or um, not move out of the state. And so it was a grant or is a grant type program where you go you know, to the state, very similar to kind of getting incentives here in Texas. Um, but you go to the state and you kind of say, hey, here's my expans- expansion plans. Here's what I'm looking at doing, infrastructure, um, employees, or and or I'm thinking about moving and I'm con- seriously considering it. And here's my plan to move. What were you going to offer? What are you going to offer for me to to stay in the state? So we've seen that. We've seen um, things with like uh, sales and uh, tax holidays or, or decreased sales tax rates in California. Uh, a lot of that was offered towards manufacturing. Texas has a very similar program as well. Um, but more recently in the news, and I think what's you know driving a lot of the exodus is more of the stick aspect of this, right? When we look at that, we've seen things where, you know, California has a proposed wealth tax out there um, where, you know, if you're over a certain dollar threshold uh, that they're going to make you get, um, you know, a basically evaluation of your wealth and pay taxes on your overall wealth. And so I think as you look at, you know, business owners, um, that's definitely a deterrent. Um, you know, California has a pretty large tax rate. I mean, you're talking 13.3%. Um, some of these things that they proposed is look making that tax rate go from 13.3 up to you know the mid 16 percent, which is a pretty significant um, aspect. Um, and so I think you know those are those are you know definitely driving factors. The other thing we've seen with them too is becoming and, and David touched on this um, more stringent on what it really means to relocate uh, and, and looking at that at those aspects of. Okay, you you say you're a Texas resident now, or you know, resident of another state. Um, have you met all of these qualifications that you know California has put into place? On top of that, you know, they you know California has come out and basically said, you know, we determine that you are still a California resident. You have to prove us wrong, which is you know a pretty <laughs> interesting way to go about it. Um, and the other thing we've seen is some things with a you know exodus tax uh, proposal as well that would last about ten years. And so California has proposed this, and their first state that has come through with some type of proposal like this. But it basically says that you know if you've earned your wealth or some portion of your you know um, business aspect in California and then move, we're going to have this trailing ten year tax, um, and you know. It, that goes on and you have to do evaluation of that wealth and, and continued on. So very interesting. There's a congressman and actually in Arizona who is looking at an act to kind of um, make this illegal. Um, and so there's a lot more to come on this, but I think those are some aspects that we've been seeing. I, w- I would call that the keep lawyers employed act of, of the exit <laughs> tax. I'm sure that will be contested for years to come if ever passed. Um, and, and California is not. We're, we're picking on California a little bit because it's easy to. Um, but, you know, any 
every day when we look at tax updates uh, online, there's always at least one non-resident case in some state. And so every state has their specific rules on what it means to be a resident or a non-resident in their particular state. And like Jason said, it is a, if you say, if you've been a resident in that state, uh, we're going to deem you a resident until you can prove us wrong. And so it's up to the individual to, to have the right um, documentation in place to show that they are no longer a resident of a particular state. And so that is the biggest stick from, you know, keeping, trying to keep individuals from moving out um, because a lot of times these, these moves are around uh, some type of liquidation event where they may have more income in a particular year than in a normal year. And so there's a lot of tax dollars at stake that the state is not trying to lose. Um, the, the only other piece on the uh, kind of the carrot side is we, we do see states trying to keep um, businesses in their state by offering some of the same incentives that they would offer new businesses coming in uh, just for job retention or capital retention. And so we're seeing that a lot more um, just as a competing factor in it as well. So guys, what other tax issues should companies be aware of when they've relocated to Texas? Are there other things for them to keep in mind? Uh, Jason m mentioned it early when we were talking about just overall the taxes and indirect taxes. Your property tax is a big tax base here in Texas. Uh, the sales tax, there are a lot of, um, <clears throat> if you're a capital intensive company, you're, you know, you buy a lot of equipment, et cetera, understanding what might be exempt from tax. It's not, this is not the collection of process, um, process of, of you doing business with your customer, but just things that you buy in your everyday business and just understanding is that a higher rate or are there exemptions? And so understanding the non-income tax aspect is, is the other big thing that we help consult with companies on. Yeah, the property tax thing comes up a lot because the question always is, is well, aren't property taxes really high in Texas? And I always answer the question comparatively to other states. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a state that has, you know, 1% property tax in Texas, that's more at, you know, a two or two and a third property tax. Yeah, that's a pretty significant increase. But then you also say the property values are generally cheaper here. So if the property value is 50% or, you know, 60% of the other, um, you know, where you're coming from, then you may net out pretty close to the same. Excellent, excellent points. And you guys have done a fantastic job just kind of breaking down a lot of the different things that, that people should be thinking through and, uh, and considering when, when considering making this move. So um, as, as a way to kind of begin to tie a bow on the end of this episode today, how can Weaver help businesses looking to make the transition to a lower tax environment like Texas? Kind of talk us through uh, what, what Weaver does in that particular case. Well, we're, we're you know, we're a, Weaver's a full service tax and accounting and advisory firms, we can help in many different aspects. I'll speak to what I do uh, on a daily basis is, you know, is what we started from, from the beginning. We, we have models um, that can help companies understand purely the in, to, in the tax aspects of what it means to move and how to make that the most efficient. There might be some things that you can structure your move to make it more tax efficient than just moving itself. And so we start by that helping company analyze that where we consult in multiple states, not just in Texas. And so we have a familiarity, just all of the taxing jurisdictions and what that means. And so from that to helping them understand how to negotiate or be at the table and negotiate with them on incentive packages and then helping them understand what they got from an incentive standpoint and making sure over the life of the incentive package that they are doing the, the requirements of them to make sure they get those incentives. Sometimes we see clients 
negotiate an incentive package, then kind of forget about it. And a couple of years later, they haven't met all of their qualifications and they have clawback provisions that require them to give money back, which is never a good thing. And so we can, from start to finish, we help companies just understand the impact and kind of successfully make that transition here. Um, and that, that's what we do uh, on a very regular basis. Yeah, and I would add to that, you know, we, we have a full line of services here. So things like outsourced accounting, outsourced, you know, CFO type work, um, you know, tax credits, you know, again, like David said, some of the modeling I think is really important. But, you know, you take all that um, aside, I mean, we're here just for a conversation as well. You know, and, and this is one of the things that I came across kind of going through this in more of a personal story is it is a difficult move at the end of the day. I mean, you're, you're generally kind of picking up your business and moving it. But let's be honest. I mean, that business aspect, there's a lot of people, you know, attached to it, whether that's the, the you know, the owners, the C-suite, you know, the, the employees themselves. And so some of it's just having some comfort of knowing, you know, asking a question, right? You know, and, and that question may be not tax related. It might just be, hey, you're, you have boots on the ground. You've been here for some time. And when you make that move, it's generally not, you know, I'm jumping into the deep end of the pool. It's I'm, you know, starting to dip my toe in the water and I want to get a better understanding of what it's like to move, you know, be in Texas. And, and I've helped clients with multiple different kind of, you know, connections and questions, you know, what is this neighborhood like versus what is that neighborhood like? Um, what is the school like? You know, where, where do I want to be? You know, what, you know, here's some attributes of things that I like. Where, where should I go? And I think we're, you know, David and myself are open to those conversations as well, um, because that's a big part of the move is being, you know, once you're here is being comfortable in the, in the location that you chose. David, anything to add to, uh, to Jason's comments? No, Jason went through this very same thing. So he's very familiar. I, I did years ago. And so, you know, it's just the we're, we're a full service firm. So it's start, you know, we, we can help however the needs are. And they vary business to business. Excellent stuff. Well, David Jackson, Jason Avila, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on Weaver Beyond the Numbers and breaking down the different uh, things that businesses should be thinking about as they consider this move and uh, and giving people a lot of things to chew on. Where can people find uh, more information or get in touch with you if they want to ask questions, if they want to know more, um, if they want to reach out to, to Weaver? What's the best way for them to do that? I think weaver.com is probably the, the best place to start. Our bios and contact information is on the website. And the easiest thing to remember is just weaver.com. Easy, easy peasy, weaver.com. So head there now and uh, and get in touch with David and Jackson and Jason if you have any questions uh, about any of the things we've discussed here today. David, Jason, guys, thank you so much for joining me here for this episode. Thanks, Great. Simon. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. Again, if you have any questions or want to reach out to either of these guys today, go to weaver.com for more. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the podcast. We've got plenty of episodes of the podcast there on weaver.com. You can also find them on Apple or Spotify as well. So stay tuned for those. But for this one, for my guests, David and Jason, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us. 